Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I'm David Borax, and this is R&D in the QC. Tarek Bakari and Larkin Eggleston, one Republican and one Democrat who bonded as first-term Charlotte City Council members. Somehow, they both got reelected, and now we're stuck listening to another season of this amateur hour bullshit. In the first 82 episodes, they talked to a governor, a senator, presidential candidates, and even a journalist or two. Their goal again this season, bringing Charlotte listeners behind the scenes of the city council in one of America's fastest-growing cities. I won't be listening, but for some reason, you are. R&D in the QC, episode 86. Today we talk about the city council retreat, presidential visits, Tark's French adventure, and tomorrow night's rezoning meeting. That's right, Larkin. Episode 86. But in the intro, you failed to mention the most important breaking news. Your face is beautiful. What is going on with your face right now? I can hardly look at you. For the viewing audience out there. Right. Now and that, by that, I mean listening audience. He shaved his whole face. Every once in a while, you have to shave it and clean it. I can't quite pick point It's like out, taking like, your car to Autobell. Like once a year, I take my car to auto. Bell. If I only drove my car in off-road mud pits once a year, dude, I can't what bear I... to look at you right now. It's literally almost unbearable to me. Well, right. And that's what it's like when you, you got, shave. You got a bow tie on. Well, I was at the MLK breakfast this morning. Every... This is not for you. All right. I understand. But all I can say is the uh, listening audience of R&D in the QC, if you haven't seen Larkin, uh, please seek him out this week. Uh, well, you must you better see what I'm like seeing. 48 hours because it'll be back. Oh, please let it be back soon. It'll be back before you get back. Good. good. Uh, but yeah, you got to You got to take your face to auto bell every now and again and give it a good deep clean. Whew. So I did that. I'm going to spend this episode uh, just looking down at the computer. If that's all right with you. Don't act like I'm not beautiful. You're beautiful. Um, but um, speaking of which. So it's Monday and. Dude, this is dangerous. It's early episode in the day when we have energy. Very yeah. rare this happens. So it's Monday. We uh, we said that we would try to do one during the retreat. The retreat was even busier than we expected, and we didn't do it. So we haven't talked to you in two weeks. We apologize for that. We will recap the retreat today. And we're not doing this tomorrow night. Our meeting is on Tuesday night instead of the normal Monday because of the MLK holiday. The city is closed today. Uh, Tark and I are about the only two people in this building at the moment. We would have security. We would have probably done a retreat episode if there had been someone worth interviewing. <laughs> I just don't. It's kind of harsh. I mean, I, you know what I mean. Like other than our colleagues, like last time, you know, there's people that were dropping in that were kind of like high profile. While there were some good people that were there, no one jumped out at me or name, and, and you didn't say name. anything to me. Like, hey, let's get an interview here. Well, it would have been. Um, the mayor of Durham came and spoke to us at dinner one night, which I mean, he would have, we maybe would have done that, but that he came by for dinner and couldn't stay. And so there just really wasn't a great opportunity to get a guest interview while we were there. Um, but you are going to be heading out of town tomorrow. We'll talk about why that is as well. You're going to be missing a rezoning meeting, but mm. you don't have any rezoning. So not that critical. And, um, the mayor will, will be missing as well. So we can't do tomorrow night. So we are here. The building is closed, but we've opened it up mm-hmm. and, uh, we are we are potting on a Monday morning. Welcome. 
And so where do we start? City council retreat. We retreat. were in Durham from eight days ago Sunday. Far, for far too long. Till Wednesday the 15th. Yep. What were your thoughts? Um, let's see. Oh, I had to get that out quick. Bless you. I knew I was gonna Bless sneeze. you, Larkin. Your 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 I body. Pass it to you. Your body is 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 it doesn't like what's happening on your face <laughs> and it's trying to expel what's inside you. You would think that if anything, the lack of a beard would would make me less likely to sneeze. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so what jumped out at me? I don't really like things like retreats on the whole. So you know, it's like a lot of talking. It's a lot of presenting. Um, but putting that aside, I think of the the thing I dislike, there were a couple brighter spots in it. Um, I think that when we had the breakout sessions that led us towards um, in our in our respective topics, I was in workforce and uh, business development with with several folks. Um, we were able to really define what we want this next year or two to look like from a from a you know the the objective statements. And we came up with like three, one around workforce. And I think the theme for me coming out of there is um, thematically where we're heading. Uh, three years ago or two years ago, um, our theme was undeniably affordable housing. A year ago, as you look back, I think it was undeniably um, economic development and, uh, and workforce and job recruitment. And now I think that there's a couple routes we could go and the theme could end up being connectivity where we really focus on transportation and transit and, and workforce and things like that, or it might really go and delve into one of those major topics. And I don't think we really know until uh, we look back in hindsight, but my hope is that we, that we really make this next year about workforce, workforce development, taking things like project peace to the next level and mayor's youth employment program, but really not just doing that in a silo as in like, here's our next topic but rather going back and connecting the dots between affordable housing from two years ago and the jobs we brought from a year ago to say this could be the glue that really connects more. So for me, I think that was my big takeaway that there could be appetite for workforce development to be our number one initiative. And, and obviously, when you say number one, like it's hard to mistake. You don't want to mistake it for like, is this more important than crime or anything like that? No, that's not what I'm saying. But like, we've done a lot of the work internally on crime and now we have to face outward there. So that isn't like staff working around the clock. We have to go to our partners in the county and schools and in Raleigh and in the judicial system to help the next level of, of public safety. But what are, is our staff going to be primarily focused on? Yeah. And I was going to say, and you kind of got ahead of me there. I, I was going to say, I'm always weary when we talk about something being like our number one priority, because undoubtedly, no matter what is our quote unquote number one priority, there's a lot of things in the works. And we have departments that, you know, our transportation department right. is not specifically focused on crime, obviously, and our CMPD and, and a lot of neighborhood Maybe the, development. The so, better way to say it is the public theme, the theme yeah. that people say that year what seemed like the theme of blah. Well, and again, I, I think there's value in, in both approaches, and I'm not sure exactly where the the happy middle point is because when you do kind of content all consistently beat the drum on something like affordable housing, you can make the kind of progress we made. Mm -hmm. And I think that mm -hmm. there's value in saying this is the top priority because then particularly, I don't think whatever we say, all of our departments are going to work on what our departments are supposed to work on. But I think where you can actually build momentum by kind of coalescing around one main thing is, is outside of this building. And so I think 
the private sector stepped up in a way on affordable housing that they'd never done before. I think in large part because all of us were kind of beating the drum together that that was the top priority. And so I think we could have similar successes in some of these other really high priority areas like affordable housing, transportation, public safety, economic development, and, and um, workforce development. Um, and yet I think that there's also always going to be specific champions on the council for these particular issues. I think, you know, Julie and I think a lot, I mean, not to say that we don't all think about all those things, but I think, you know, Julie and I probably think about transportation more than a lot of people. You probably think about workforce development more than a lot of people. Luana certainly, and, and maybe Malcolm now, um, probably thinking, uh, very much, uh, about housing, maybe more so than, than other folks. So it's kind of committee assignments, who's in leadership on each committee and who's got a, a passion or an interest or an expertise to some, at some degree on each of these topics. Um, so again, I mean, now as the community safety chair, a lot of people are saying y'all need to make crime the top priority. And, and I've said, well, it is certainly a very high priority. It will continue. It always has been, it always will be. Um, and it's also inextricably linked to what you just said, which is if you give someone a good job, they're less likely to, um, go down a path of crime. If you give someone stable housing, they're probably less likely to be the victim of or the perpetrator of uh, a crime. So all these things are linked together. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do want to say that when people hear us talking about top priorities, people think every, whatever their issue is, they think that should be the top priority. And, um, there's only so many things that we can put at the top of the heap, but I think it will, they will continue to be workforce and economic development, transportation, public safety and affordable housing. Good points, Larkin. Um, I was in the group that talked about mainly neighborhood development, affordable housing and public safety um, at the retreat. We, we split into three groups. So some of the groups had a lot on their plate, but I think in both cases, we really want a robust inventory. And I think this will be helpful for the new members, but I think it'll be helpful for us too. a robust inventory of the strategies that we're already employing particularly on housing, because we've employed a lot of new strategies, using a lot of new tools, an inventory of those, what the results have been, what our ROI is, um, as well as an inventory of, of potential things we could add to the toolbox. And so um, things like our NOAA preservation strategy, what kind of re results are we seeing on that? What kind of ROI are we getting? Um, things like our partnership with LISC, how can we quantify the results of the work that they've been doing and how they've been involved in kind of changing the way we go about creating affordable housing. Um, you know, I think those can be a little more concrete. The public safety stuff is maybe a little more ambiguous because a lot of these programs that we create, unlike a housing program where maybe in a year's time and two years time, you start to see the fruit of, of those seeds you plant. A lot of the strategies we're going to employ around public safety are things that will be, generational change and so it's going to be hard to measure, measure those on a short um, span of time but but how can we have some assurance that they're either successful or not and if they're not move on and if they're successful expand them um, you know again the economic development stuff that that you're working on the workforce development stuff I think we can see quicker results and and data that will demonstrate to us more clearly if something's working or not and you know I think we've got to embrace new strategies and also be willing to to fail sometimes, but fail quickly and move on from it and try other things. Um, so, I, you know, I think it really, we've got to find ways to, to, to better measure what we're doing. Because right now, frankly, and we've talked about this for two years on this show, and 
in our council meetings, we still can't tell uh, the public or even ourselves definitively, yet we can tell them how many units we've created or preserved, but we can't definitively tell them how many have been lost. So we still, two years later, don't have a net number. And if we've created 2,000 units but lost 1,700 or 2,700 or whatever, I, I mean, it's more like 2,700. If or maybe who <laughs> even knows? You know, it could be, it could be multiples of that. So um, until we figure out a way, like we've been trying to for two years, to measure that, we st- we don't even know what the new need is. We're still the numbers that we're still using to talk about the shortage of affordable housing are the numbers that we were all referencing when we ran in early 2017. They can't still po- they can't possibly still be the same. So if we, I mean, the point is if we can't measure that, going back to uh, a term I probably haven't thrown into this uh, podcast since you know episode twenty. I'm trying to think. I'm give me like five seconds. I'm Can trying you come to- up with it? Oh, it's been a long time. I used to. This used to. I'm be gonna be so mad at myself. Big big buzzword for me back then. Demand 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 side demand side. I don't feel like you used to say that a lot. I, I, pretty, I was look, thinking of something else. What was the thing you used to say? I said had a like lot of Like 17 times a day. Uh, like extraordinary? Yes. Well, that's definitely an, <laughs> an extraordinary approach to demand side solutions for affordable housing. Yeah, I'd have never come up with demand side. I don't feel like you know what it is. You much. know what demand side solutions are? Workforce development. So. The other things in our group, one was workforce development. We're going to go heavy there. The other two main buckets that we set out for our objectives were, uh, for the year were um, continuing uh, our approaches and expanding on recruitment and retention. And we purposely didn't say like companies or things like that because we wanted it to be, you know, big companies, small companies. We wanted to be esports. That's something I've been working on with the mayor recently. Um, uh, I don't want to say too much because it's not my place, but. Um, uh, met with uh, the team owners of Charlotte Phoenix. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. We have our own esports team here, um, and they are they have been on the forefront of this for years here. Um, but they're 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 working on a major deal right now. This is affiliated. Pardon my ignorance, but are they this this is affiliated with the NBA? Nope, that's another thing. That's a different Dude, thing. There is so much going on in esports because NBA right now. is like one of the the leaders, so, right? Right. On well, the so side NBA of has their their basketball um, esports like team, NBA two K or whatever. Right. Yeah. But uh, the way it's been explained to me, and I'm not, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to talk it down, is like there's the the for money competitive esports world that brings in arenas full of people. And then there's league specific things that really, with some exceptions, as it's been explained to me, are more about marketing for the league and the team, right? So they're going out. So they're not necessarily trying to make a ton of money on that. What video games does this team play? This team? Well, that would. So let's say the future state team. And I'm just learning this stuff, so I'm going to say it wrong. But like, so one of my old games, Call of Duty, that's a big one. But then there's these new ones like um, League of Legends. Don't they play the one that, uh, what's the one that like all young people, like young, young people are obsessed with? Minecraft? Yeah. Is that? I don't know if they do Minecraft competitive. I know Minecraft is a huge. Into like a world. No, that's Fortnite. Oh, and for, that is a was, huge part of it. Yes. Of. Yes. Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, Fortnite is a big one. Um, uh, Rocket. Rocket League? Rocket something? It's something where you have like RC cars, but they're playing soccer inside a stadium. So look, man, I'm telling you, there is a whole world out there. And I still can't wrap my head around the idea that a, a young person be that 
eight years old or 18 years old or 28 years old would rather watch someone else play a video game than play it themselves. That's I, listen, what I can't wrap my head a, a, around. A, a, coming from the same generation as you. Cause yes. Because we, we totally. were in a friend's apartment in college and there's two controllers and there's four people. You were just like chomping at the bit Dude, to get back on the controller. And this is, this is, it blows my mind. My six year old literally is asking me and his mother for this thing called um, uh, unspeakable merch. Okay. It's merchandise for this guy. He literally watches on YouTube play <laughs> Minecraft. And all I walk out there, and the first time I saw this was like, I don't know, like six, eight months ago. He's sitting there watching, and I was like, where's the controller, buddy? And who are you talking to? Who's this guy on the screen? This is weird. And then he was like, oh, it's unspeakable. And I was like, and the dude is literally, and my son watches more video games than he plays. But that, and that's how they monetize this stuff. I don't dude. know that I'll ever understand it. YouTube, I found this out. YouTube exists in the way it does today because of Minecraft. Like the top, like huge percentage of the top ten money makers on YouTube are Minecraft personalities. I mean, it's a whole world that you and I aren't in. Let's just say that. And uh, I will tell you, the more I've learned about these tr- Is there transactions involved, I, these franchises that they're working on. This last one that I heard about was valued at like $300 million. They have 40, 50 people on staff that are like nutritionists. Like, and this is a legitimate uh, franchise. The only thing, the only franchise. time I have ever watched uh, with any interest someone else play video games is there was a video that was being shared on Facebook a couple years ago of like someone beating the original Mario Brothers in three minutes and seven seconds or something. Like, they had all these like cheat codes and they'd do whatever. But they just literally ran through the whole game, skipped all these levels, and would beat the whole Mario Brothers. And I don't know. I love it when old people try to relate to young people. Yeah, so I my get favorite. It. So thing. I get you it. totally. I get, get you, it. young people. You know what else you get? Hockey. I do. That is something. So I, I guess we're we're putting a bow on the retreat. Yeah, I, I I've um, totally digressed there. I don't know even where we left off. Well, you were talking about economic development, and then we started talking about esports. Well, we're gonna get it here. We're gonna get it here. That's it. I, I, I feel confident. Also, you know some, you're hip when you use the phrase young people. You know, the youngins, <laughs> the youths. Um, yeah, hockey. We both went to different checkers games this weekend, and they won both of them. Go yeah, checkers. But decisively. Well, you saw like a, a, scoring, saw, yeah. a scoring. Is that not how bonanza. it goes every game? No, I, I saw them down 3-2 on Saturday night. We pulled the goalie to put out an extra offensive player, which never works. I've literally never seen that work. We score a goal with 30 seconds to go in the third period, tie the game. What do you mean never seen that work? In person, I've never seen oh, in pulling person. the goalie okay. lead right. to... You've seen it on TV, I'm assuming. Yeah. I've seen well, it I don't watch a lot of hockey on TV. Hockey's way more fun in person. Um, and frankly, I don't care much about the NHL. But, so they go into overtime. And another thing I didn't realize, and this is awesome, because uh, I went to a lot of playoffs games last year. I don't guess I went to a regular season game that went into overtime. Regular season overtime, unlike the playoffs where they play a full period and it's full five on five quickly, but no, and they do a five minute overtime period with no delay yeah, from the yeah. third period. They do three on three. I mean, it's four on four with the goalies, but three three offensive players against three offensive players, and so it's really high speed, really wow, high that's action. Weird. Five minutes go by, no one scores. So then again, with no break, they immediately go to a shootout. But like they they get Nerf guns. Nope. <laughs> and it's nope. like dodgeball on hockey. the ice. It's still hockey. All right. All right. Um, the match. Another thing I've never seen, they missed their first four shots. We missed our first four shots. I feel like the conversion rate on penalty shots is at least like 30%. Sounds miss, like 0%. Miss all eight. 
They missed their fifth, and our guy on the tenth and final shot of the shootout makes this really slow, really like strange uh, last-second move and gets it around the goalie and wins the game on the tenth penalty shot. And it was also a sellout Saturday night. The place just went nuts. Surprises me based on whatever weirdness you have going on with the team, that the coach didn't turn around and say, Larkin, Eggleston, get in there. Suit up. <laughs> and then you're like the guy, the enforcer. Ooh, there's some movies that are jumping to mind. What hockey movies have you seen? Uh, Mighty Ducks. Oh, really? All three? Actually, there's. I think there's like eight. Uh, I've definitely not seen more than two. I can't swear I saw two. But I know <laughs> about the Flying V. Okay. Mm, Good I know for about you. the knuckle puck. Why are you like driving Zambonis? Is this like your part-time job? They wouldn't or? let me drive it. Uh, apparently, that's, that's an insurance news. issue. You're dropping pucks. So uh, me and the, uh, I guess it would be I, the UNC Charlotte football coach Will Healy and I, got to drop the first puck at the game on Saturday. Uh, great guy. I briefly met him once, but did you I, guys just kind of jointly hold the puck together we each had our own puck thankfully how that works it sounds amazing although i'll say for as good of a football coach as he's been and he has turned around the unc Charlotte football program not great at timing we we practiced uh with invisible pucks you know we're going to do one two three drop i dropped and then and then he dropped and is there a point in time where you think like how many calder cups do they have to win in order for them to like attract actual celebrities to do some of these things uh well i mean i think coach healy could be viewed as an actual celebrity at least locally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's the the most prominent college football coach in the greater charlotte area so what you're saying though is you really enjoy watching hockey matches in person kerfuffles <laughs> Tar and i had a debate on uh facebook yesterday on he, my wife's page he uh, wasn't sure whether uh they were called matches or not that wasn't me that was my wife you said match no, she, I said match question mark oh. because she had said it called it a hockey match in the top. Okay. Oh, you thought I called it a match? Yeah, I think I, oh, maybe, I, think wow. I thought it was her post maybe. No, no, it, oh, man, it was her post. I'm kind of taking a break Bakari from I, posting yeah. on social media right now. Other than in like the comments of your wife's post. Yeah, I gotcha. yeah, that's safe there. It was a funny picture of Channing. You're, uh, you're, what is he, two? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he always has like a mischievous smile in every picture. He is he is my little meathead amongst all the kids. Um, so were there I, any fights? Were they excited about the fights? It almost one couple got close. It, my four and six year old were kind of like they liked what they were seeing. So this but was anytime everybody's they, first game. No, they uh, in 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 the last year uh, at least. Um, but they kept every time there's a score and there was like twenty of them. The, the horn goes the off. Horn. So they the the two older ones are uh, uh, holding their ears and like, Oh, it's so loud. And two year old Channing is literally sitting there with this smile on his face. Like <laughs> I love the chaos of this. <laughs> Suit him up, man. Hey, get I'm on ice. Skates. Roll. Will you show him some moves? Uh, well, I mean, my moves are more like stationary. They're more like what you would see on, uh, uh, what was that? The road runner show where like, and then you fall into your face. <laughs> accidentally run off the edge of the cliff and then look over and drop yes yes good um, so we got through through hockey we talked about the retreat and i did but what i was getting at was that they wouldn't let me drive the zamboni i just got to ride the zamboni and what i didn't really realize i just kind of thought that that thing smoothed out like maybe it added a little water and like smoothed out the ice it actually is i guess scraping off a, a thin top layer of the ice and it's collecting it in a like dump truck like bucket on the front 
So we get off the ice and then go outside. It's raining Saturday and night. And then they so handed you fun. a shovel. They're like, like, hey, get, get to work. <laughs> um, no, move itself. the front of Eggleston. the Zamboni lifts itself up like a dump truck and dumps out. There's this huge mound of snow outside of the arena. And it and so it's picking up like, I mean, I, I large, large amounts of ice off, off of the rink. And then they dump it outside. I did not know that. Hmm. Uh, also, R&D in the also we need to, speaking of, here's where you learn it. Speaking of things that we need to switch to electric vehicles on, this thing is pumping out fumes and I'm sitting right by the exhaust. Yes. <laughs> so that was fun. All right. Zambonis, not green. No. Did not know that. So wait, we're all getting like carbon monoxide poisoning inside this place. I mean, I'm sure there's some vents pulling it out of the top of the, the thing, but when you're sitting right by the, uh, Top, so we could be smoking cigars in there is what you're telling me and we're not allowed i mean based on when it was built i'm guessing people were doing that soft i will uh i will plug too that we are two months out from the opening of that link facility uh or as you like to call it the, the knackleson yeah the knackleson <laughs> I, I, I walk in there with my family and i'm like guys look to your right this is the knackleson so uh, if that word doesn't make sense to anybody Tarek has named it after me it's a combination of connector and Eggleston. And I did tell the folks from the checkers, your can Eggleston idea. Eggleston. They hated it. Oh yeah. I'm sure. There's only two things that really geek you out. The can Eggleston <laughs> and looking like the freaking new Panthers head coach, which I don't know. Well, yeah, because he has a beard. In it. And today, if I, I look, if I go on some kind of social media and see this dude shaved his beard this morning, <laughs> we're going to have a real problem. <laughs> I haven't seen him today, so I don't. The I don't level think you nerded out that entire week was really like I don't think the general public understands. You're back there, like, look, this thing is getting, it's catching steam online. People are tweeting it. I didn't even start it. Oh my god, like, I wasn't even with you the day that happened. Oh, I know. Even worse, you're like FaceTiming me. Dark, dark, look, I've look never FaceTimed face. you once in my life. <laughs> Why do you, we just make up stuff? It sounded better. All right. What else? Uh, oh, this weekend. So being uh, – I'm curious to know if, if other parts of the state are getting this, but I think partly in proximity – due to our proximity to South Carolina and then also obviously North Carolina being a super Tuesday state, getting a lot of presidential events and a lot of presidential candidate visits. So um, two of those that I attended since our last podcast, and you know we don't generally talk too much about national politics, but um, – but, you know, they're here in our backyard, and the, the primary is coming up soon. And I'm trying to get out and meet as many of the folks. As many as billionaires as possible. possible. <laughs> well, there's only two of those. But, um, you know, I, frankly, I'd, there were some candidates I was really high on that have dropped out. Um, there's still some that I like more than others. But um, I haven't really settled on, on where my vote's going on Super Tuesday. But I do think that there's value regardless. I mean, even – even on your side, are of the we aisle. on Super Tuesday? Or are we before? Yeah, we, no, we're Super Tuesday. I thought South there was Carolina is a couple days before us. I thought they did the past some bill where we were going to get to go early. We used to be later than that. Oh, we uh, used the, to be after so Super we, Tuesday. Okay, so now we're on Super Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. South Carolina is a, f- a few days ahead of us, and so that's why there's a really strong presence of visits in South Carolina. Although the, some of those will dry up with this Senate trial on the impeachment because a handful of the front runners in this race are all United States senators and will have to be in Washington, but. I do think regardless of, of whether these are the candidates you like or whether you're Republican, Democrat, or other, um, I think there's value in these people coming to our communities because one of them potentially could be elected president. And so if if so, I think them building relationships and um, learning about our state and learning about our community is important. It leaves them less likely to take our money and redistribute it to other parts of the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
So on um, on Friday of last, well, two Fridays ago, um, Joe Biden's team, he was not there, but uh, Tim Ryan. Oh, he wasn't there. Tim Ryan, your buddy. Yeah. Congressman Tim Ryan. And I'm not. He texted me I'm not me being a funny. Tarek knows Tim Ryan. We are actually buddies. We've, we've, um, we text regularly and talk every once in a while. He was running for president, dropped out a um, handful of months ago. But has gotten lasted on. pretty long though. Yeah, for the okay. for his name ID level. I mean, it's hard. There's very little precedent for a member of the U.S. House running for president and being very successful. Um, but he he had a, a campaign, got out. He's on Team Biden now. He he was texted me from his phone with a, a picture, picture of, of the both two of, of us. You. Yeah, and that's when I made my joke that your foreheads looked eerily similar. Um, yet he different. he is a much more athletic looking man than I am. He's a former. Uh, like legit college football player that like blew his knee out. Or this something. dude's like six four. Yeah, looks like he could still suit up. Yeah, yep. um, but he opened up the Rock Hill Biden office down there. He's going to be a surrogate for Biden. Super nice guy. That's for the whole state. Uh, no, I think they'll probably have a couple of field offices. Okay. But I was going to say, why would Biden not show up for the launch of the whole state office? No, I think this is just a like a regional office. Okay. But and you know, a handful of people have a strong presence in Rock Hill because they can then turn around and, and mobilize those teams and, and folks in parts of North Carolina. So, so Tim Ryan's strategy right now is to jump cabinet on board. <laughs> yeah. Jump on board for a cabinet appointment. Interesting. Um, I mean, it's, it is interesting to watch like, um, you know, Julian Castro got out of the race and then has gotten very strongly behind Elizabeth Warren. So, I mean, these, these folks, as they leave the field are picking teams and, and frankly that a lot of them will have a decent chance of getting a cabinet appointment or, you know, some of them might be lining up thinking that they could be a, potential vice presidential pick i think mm. certainly julian castro could be on elizabeth warren's short list where she didn't need to pick a, a vice president i don't think that's going to be a problem i don't know she's she's still uh still looking pretty strong and then just three Not days ago Friday, bernie's calling her a liar i mean let's get into this the democrat national so, politics so actually my episode. favorite part of the bernie elizabeth interaction when freaking uh, tom steyer, steyer walks up he's that like is uh, the best. i don't want to get in the middle of this but i just want to say no, hey. but bernie straight really punks him like, yeah, that was a good punking. It was um, great. So speaking of Tom Steyer, he was here this weekend. and um, Is he mad that Bernie won't talk to him? I didn't ask him that. Uh, but He's he, trying to get an autograph. I mean, he was um, – so I got invited by – and you've probably the met The social Jeremiah. media buzz from your friends on your side of the aisle uh, was actually probably – I'd describe it as surprisingly positive. Yeah. Is that fair? Um, there were people who I would not have expected to embrace – him just solely on the fact that he's a billionaire that said, you know what, this guy gave this guy. A, and part of the reason a lot of us were giving him a look that we might not have otherwise was because a friend of many folks in democratic circles in Charlotte, Jeremiah Chapman, who used to work for Congresswoman Adams is like one of Steyer's main right-hand guys. And so he's traveling around the country with him. He's, he's been working with him on the next gen stuff that he's doing. He invited a lot of us out and has really encouraged us to take a, a long, hard look at Steyer so he was at a boys and girls club on Friday doing a town hall. In, very impressive, uh, remarkably genuine, kind of like a corny dad type. Uh, reminded me a little bit of Tim Kaine in that way. And just seemed very likable. And and frankly, Jeremiah is someone who I think a lot of us look at and go, if he's spending this much time with him and he thinks this highly of him, he's worth a look because Jeremiah's uh, – he don't, he doesn't put up with any bull. So mm. – yeah, I think uh, a lot of people were, were pleasantly surprised. He stuck around and marched in the uh, MLK parade Saturday morning. And uh, so a lot of folks in town got a chance to meet him. Seemed like a really nice guy. And 
But I will say I am ready for our field to uh, to whittle down a little more quickly. Uh, we've still got give like it time. we've still got like twelve people in this race. Give it time. I was laughing that y'all had. Would you start out with seventeen candidates Ugh. in uh, in 2016? Yeah, and brutal. I was like, oh, what a circus. We start. We ended up with like 24 candidates, and we're still got 12. It's just too many. It's just too. I also, many. don't understand. We got a guy like Delaney still in the field, who literally has never even been a blip on the radar of this race, and somehow still says he's running for president. I don't really know what the uh, what the strategy is there, but Warren Sanders ticket. Let's see it. I don't think so, especially not now. <laughs> I, I think if either one of them is the nominee, they'll try to balance the ticket a little more. And I, I do think Castro would definitely be in play for, for one. Who are we kidding? It's going to be Biden. We all know it's going to be Biden. Well, We knew that in the beginning before they started, and we knew who was in. I think I think it, it probably will, but I also wonder that if at some point Bernie or Elizabeth uh, were to withdraw from the race, you wonder if most of their support doesn't go to the other. And that combination could potentially give Biden a run for his money. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, anyway, uh, we will keep you posted on the uh, – there's going to be – I mean, between the convention coming, which uh, they just announced Pod Save America is going to be in town. Mm, get the us on there, the Larkin. Get uh, us on there. Any of you who listen to Pod Save America or if you happen to know any of the folks involved in Pod Save America, uh, Tark had the brilliant idea of we should either A, be their opening act – or B, more importantly, their guests. Yeah, their guests. Or uh, C, I'm already working an angle to at least make sure that we get an interview with the host of Pod Save America do they for ever, R&D in the QC. Do they ever bring on, like, I don't, I'm not a frequent listener. Do they ever bring on, like, like Republicans or conservatives, like, on the show? Or is it all the echo chamber? Um, not many. I, th I think there might have been a circumstance or two where they've had, like, a, a congressperson. Like, or this would be, uh, to me, it's compelling for them because we aside from being Republican and Democrat and local uh, and having our own podcast in a similar kind of way, we're, we're the ones who help bring this here. And um, that would be a really interesting conversation from their perspective and their side of the aisle to be able to come into us and you can talk to them about your stuff and then I'll just tear them up, dude. I'll light them up. Yeah. I can't imagine that they'd be more prepared than you would. <laughs> And I'll be like, you would literally, you'd I'm literally like, wake up that day and text me and be like, oh, wait, is that today? Only local politics is all we'll talk to them. We'll be like, oh, wait, explain how the silver line is going to be funded then. See, they can't stand up to that. No, I'm just kidding. I would be, I would be good, but effective. Would you actually prepare for that? I would absolutely prepare for that. Dude, that would be amazing. That's like the Super Bowl podcasting for so, super liberal Anybody who's uh, got any ends, nerds. or even if you don't, just tweet them and say, Make sure you guys loop R&D and the QC into your uh, Charlotte performance somehow. Yeah. Yep. A lot of big things happening in North Carolina politics this year. Um, I mentioned the MLK Parade. We had that. We had the Growing the Dream luncheon. And this morning, the MLK Breakfast. There's always a lot of great community events around the MLK holiday. Um, and we got a zoning meeting tomorrow that you won't be at. Why won't you be at it, Tark? Well, it's similar to the boondoggles of the past that you've taken that have prevented you from being uh, at your job and doing your duty. Um, I luckily have, and this is really, I don't know that I've had this before. I have no decisions and no hearings in my district. Uh, so literally there's nothing like 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because you have a lot going on over there. Um, so I actually have been working for many months now. Um, well actually many, many months on recruiting more businesses, particularly tech and fintech 
companies either headquarter relocations or expansions of their footprint to Charlotte to bring jobs. And um, we've had a couple announcements. Um, we recruited from the Carolina FinTech Hub. That's the organization I kind of represent when I do that, the nonprofit. Um, we got and sourced better.com. Uh, up to 1,000 jobs are going to be brought here for that. Uh, we also worked really hard on the Lowe's and the um, Honeywell and um, a lot of other deals that, that you've heard of. And then we've got this huge pipeline that we've been working for months now of really the next press conference announcements that are going to be made. Um, the Charlotte Business Journal did what, in my opinion, was one of the best, greatest articles ever written. Did that have anything to do with the fact that it was very complimentary towards you? I mean, nothing to do with that because totally unbiased opinion. Totally unbiased. Um, it does. It does do that. But it, I think what is more important to me is that it had your picture. Is in that it. it had my picture <laughs> in it. <laughs> What's more important than that, even though, is that. It, it does something that I've been talking to Tracy and Marcus and several others about for a while now, which is like, how can we take transparency to the next level? When we go on recruiting trips or we, or we do uh, recruitment um, initiatives with a certain company, it's always veiled in this secrecy. Sometimes it needs to be, and we go after people when it's, when it hurts the competitiveness for that. But a lot of times it doesn't need to be. And in my opinion, this was really a groundbreaking um, approach to before everything's done, before we go on the trip to Paris next week where we're recruiting 103 companies or before the other part of that is the company curve that we're recruiting in UK before the decision is made and it's just down to the final two, Charlotte and New York City, you know, how do we talk about that stuff? Who do we say is going on the trip or how do we say how we've presented Charlotte and what they liked? And I mean, that to me, this was a never before, at least in the, my history in Charlotte scene view at recruitment and economic development work that um, that is, in my opinion, it can happen more often. I'm going to yell really loud at people that hurt our city or hurt the odds of what we're trying to do because they leak information. There are times things have to be um, very confidential, but there's a lot of times it doesn't, and we have a culture of not wanting to go down that path. And to me, this was that chance to be able to do that. And I don't think you said the – Genesis of this trip is that the Hornets are playing right. the Bucks in Paris on Friday. It'll be the first ever regular season NBA game in France. Um, when it was scheduled, we had two French players, Tony Parker and Nick Batum, on our team. Nick Batum is still on the team, and so the team travels over, uh, I guess, tomorrow as as do you yep, yep. on separate planes. <laughs> yes, um, correct. A little bit different. Hey, just for all the people out there who would who's gonna gonna ping me, traveling commercial coach. <laughs> but yeah not using a dime of taxpayer dollars oh i didn't even know that yeah see not using a dime of tech because this is fintech recruiting so yeah. i'm not going to do that um, um so but, but leveraging our research and it didn't just start with that it really started when well, we were was recruiting that this. was for this trip yeah but actually the impetus for the trip started more on when the Panthers went to London in October, this model, the model, right. And, of, and yeah. it was a little too late for us to really organize behind it, but we still brought some companies over there that were able to go to the game and see Charlotte on a global stage that maybe didn't know where Charlotte was operating the European markets, which again is a tangential benefit to professional sports that people don't necessarily think about when they think about the value that a Panthers or a Hornets or exactly. a MLS or whoever bring to the city of Charlotte is it creates global awareness. It yep. creates more, more of a brand for Charlotte. And whether and it's, it's Tepper reason, and Glick 
Rick or it's Fred Whitfield and Jordan, and Jordan yeah. they want to do this. Yeah. Like this is because it's what well, it builds their brands too. I mean, it's those are the people who buy a suite from them for their company when they after they move here. You know, it, not to mention it just helps the economy. But I mean, you think about um, the best example I can think of just off the top of my head for like a top twenty city is San Jose. They have an NHL team, but how many people think of San Jose on a regular basis? Not this too many. First, I think this is the first time I've ever thought and of San Jose. Years. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Nothing, no offense to San Jose, I'm sure it's a great city, but it, it, when you have sports franchises, it, it keeps your city top of mind. It does create a brand, and it does create um, opportunities like this, especially these games that are becoming more and more global. The NFL used to be almost solely an American sport. It's certainly more global now. The NBA is as global a sport as anything besides maybe soccer. And so with the influx of international players, it creates opportunities. Like when you've got French players on your team, you go play a game in France, there's a lot of excitement and, and around that. Um, I don't know how well the game will go for the Hornets, considering how good the Bucks are. But I'd it'll say be it's good a for long our, shot. It'll be good for our city, and you'll get to see arguably the most athletic player in the NBA, which is pretty cool too. Assuming he's not hurt or anything right now, is he? I hope not, because being from Greece, he'll certainly be a big draw over there too. I would think. Um, Greek freak. All Giannis. I know, yeah, I know. I was trying to think of a. I can't a, pronounce a, a better name. crappy uh, joke name to throw in there to say that's who you're talking about, and nothing came up. So, um. My hope is, I don't know if you've seen this, but um, do you follow the Milwaukee Bucks social media account online by chance? I assume no. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, they have this amazing thing they, that Giannis and all these guys have been doing. Is that how you say it? Giannis? I think it's Giannis. I, I've heard I of both. Know. Giannis and Giannis. Uh, I have too. Um, I'll just call him Mr. Big, Mr. Big Freak. G. Big G. <laughs> Mr. Freak. Is a, he, they've been doing this kind of WWF wrestling like stuff before press conferences just the teammates among each other yes i have seen uh some like where they like do fake yep uh, yeah elbow drops and stuff so when i see him the way i'm gonna make my Is my stuff remember, try to like i'm gonna him. grab a chair <laughs> and i'm just gonna break it over his back and then because uh, he's obviously gonna be down with that he's done this multiple times and, and he's not that and tall this is how you end up in french jail yes yes after being tased it's called it's called is it has it's called a, comedy yeah like gee it's called comedy it's called the bibliotheque there okay no, no, I think that's the library, and I yeah. think that's Spanish. Yeah. No, La Bibliothèque, La Bibliothèque. We, oui. je m'appelle. I can see you've been using your Rosetta Stone. Yeah, I took like four years of French, and I can say about six words right now. So, and you just said them. Money well spent. Um, but you spent money to take French well, classes. Taxpayer dollars. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that should be good. Oh, I've I've given the uh, the manager and the mayor, and I'll I'll tell you as well. Everyone who's going on this trip, I have given one task, and it is not as important as the uh, the business recruitment y'all are doing, um, but it is important to me. I doubt it. What? Why well, you you can't doubt? That I it's doubt that. To it, me. I didn't know you were going to say to me at the end of that <laughs> sentence, and I had already started speaking. But I know you better than you know yourself. That nope. Yeah. Um, is it to get you some 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 like. Uh, Stick Jeez. on face hair. Uh, no, I'll have it back by the time. Oh, you're, God, you're I can't wait. Um, no, it is that the NBA currently uses the abbreviation CHA for the Hornets. So you want me to talk to uh, Mr. Silver. Silver? Okay. We're changing it to CLT. It just needs to happen. In fact, I found out. From, I'll get it done, Larkin. In fact, I found out from Tara at the Checkers that the AHL, the American Hockey League, had off had long referred to the Checkers as CHA in their abbreviations. Um, the checkers never utilized it for anything. So no one really even knew in the public, but she has asked and they have granted a change to officially be referred to as CLT and abbreviations 
going forward starting next season she said it was a simple conversation obviously the nba might be a little trickier than the ahl but um for consistency's sake and branding's sake it would benefit them We've got alternate jerseys. A lot of the NBA teams have alternate jerseys that Dude, use. Brooklyn their... has. The, I saw their jersey the other day. It said Bed Stuy. Like, well, like, so clearly they Atlanta, have. Some... Atlanta's alternate jersey has. It says ATL. Ours says CHA. Do you think that they would sell more Hornets alternate jerseys if it said CLT? Absolutely, they would. Because no one CHA has no resonance with anyone in this community. Cha. In fact, it's the yeah. Well, other than now that Ryan Lochte's gone, cha, it cha. means nothing. See, that was a pop culture reference I just made. I hope you appreciated that. No. CHA is the airport code for Chattanooga. Oh, is it? And it's not our airport code. Ours is CLT, and that's all anyone calls this city. They need to change it. Let me. I'm going to get that done for you, all right? I have more faith in the mayor and Marcus, but if you can be there to be like, I agree, like from the back of the room, that would be helpful. I, I think that, that it's more like they're not going to bring it up, and I would. Oh, they are. I have stressed the importance of this. Oh, then it's definitely going to happen. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah. So, get that done while you're there. Uh, you got it, buddy. CLT. I want the jerseys next year to say CLT. You know what else uh, we need to do? Uh, we need to uh, go back and get with our Charlotte Music Initiative folks. We need to get that uh, ramped up. Uh, and make like a and song to send to the NBA to tell them to change the letters? Exactly. I mean, you literally finish my sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's good. I didn't think you were going to remember that. Oh, I would have just teed it up regular had I known you were actually going to say the right thing. You know, music that, initiative, though, let's get that going again. I mean, it's it, I, people are still, I don't want to, people are working and they're doing different parts of the initiative, but we haven't had a good public forum in a while. Um, and maybe like uh, that'll be the shot in the arm we need for 2020. I think we need to have our next Music Everywhere Initiative meeting at Middle Sea Jazz. Ooh, great idea. Our buddy Larry Farber over there has got a good thing going. They, uh, I was in there a couple weeks ago, and they had a full house. They're bringing some world-class jazz talent uh, over there to, what is that, Brevard Street? Mm-hmm. Brevard Street. We need to get over there. And um, it's, a, it's a great place to see a show. There's a, lot, there's a lot of good shows this weekend. They had Grace Potter at uh, Fillmore and Citizen Cope at Neighborhood Theater. Oh, Citizen Cope, I missed that. Can't believe I missed that. A lot of good shows. Next week, uh, they've got a, I think it's Neighborhood Theater, or it could be Visualite. I think Neighborhood Theater. Um, It's a a freaking Stone Temple Pilots cover band with, like, another awesome 90s cover band. Is Scott Weiland going to be there? Yeah, totally. I'd pay to see that. Look, man. Too soon? Too soon. Sorry. Um, so that's that. Uh, are, are you, is your relationship with the checkers like, uh, like um, symbiotic? The, with the it, on idiocracy, no like on idiocracy. Why which you, you referencing a movie? Because you know it's an amazing seen. movie, and a lot of our listeners have on idiocracy. Uh, one of the secretaries uh, in the uh, cabinet of the president, uh, President Camacho, um, the sec- I think it's the secretary of of energy, maybe, always says at the end of his sentences. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. And the guy that is the real smart guy says, why? Why do you keep saying brought to you by Carl's Jr.? And he's like, well, because they pay me every time I say it. If you were so smart, you would know that. Right. So it's called it's like an advertising relationship. Is that how you are? You've literally brought the checkers up like five times during this episode or hockey in general. Did I just bring it up just now? Brought to you by Carl's Jr. You did a minute ago. What did I say? 
You don't even remember anymore. You coming over to my house to watch Idiocracy. I'm like an Etch-a-Sketch. Why do I have believe. to watch it with you? Why can't I just watch it without you? It's going to be a lot better if we watch <laughs> no, it together. because you're going to be talking during it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pause you it. You definitely I'll talk pause during it to movies. Save I can tell just by looking at you that you talk during movies. I mean, yeah. If you, you if you're, you're sitting like, oh, there, sure. Part, right here, this part's going to be this funny. This part's going to be... A, yeah, of course I would do that. All right, so let's head over to my house now. Is that cool? No, I got plans. The kids are watching in the TV in the, the uh, toy room, so we're going to have to go watch in my bedroom. Kids. I think your kids are probably less likely to talk during a movie than you are. Doubtful. Yeah, they probably would. You need to... Me and you will lock the door in my bedroom. Whoa, whoa. We'll get some popcorns. <laughs> no, I don't even like popcorn. I watch most movies in my bedroom. I don't like popcorn. You should know that. You don't like popcorn? It's got a weird texture, man. It feels so like dry. It feels like you're choking. Well, I don't know how we stumbled on this, but this is uh, important <laughs> to know. Ask me over to your house, more specifically to your bedroom, to eat popcorn. Who doesn't you? like popcorn? I mean, like caramel corn, maybe. Dude, you are by far the weirdest dude I've ever met in my entire life. I'm going life. to a movie. I'm more of like a Sour Patch Kids guy. Uh, you don't go to movies. When's uh, the last time you went I, to a I movie theater? I literally went to the uh, the Manor Theater over on Providence Road like two weeks ago and saw gem, uh, Uncut gem, Uncut Gems. Is that what it's called? The Adam Sandler movie? Very dark. And when's the last time you went to a movie before that? Just a year is fine. <laughs> probably <laughs> Ought. No, I probably went to like a movie in 2019. Uncut Gems, very disturbing movie. Very dark movie. Mm. Uh, you know what I watched uh, this weekend? Again, I don't know if my mental state was quite ready for this, but I watched The New Joker. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that yet. Pretty dark. Yeah. Pretty dark, but uh, amazing, amazing acting. I mean, that is probably one of the best. This dude just transformed himself. Is Batman in that movie? I don't want to spoil it, but no. <laughs> so the, it's a whole it, movie it's like about an origin, a Batman villain with no Batman? It's an origin story. Because I like Batman. Well, but you might like the Joker, too. No, I'm He's a Democrat. Great. I'm more cheer for the good guys. Yeah, I see. Uh, ah, good one, good one, good one. I think that's about all we got. Yep. Have fun in France. Get the abbreviation change for the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, maybe bring back a couple hundred jobs. I uh, will do. But mainly the CLT thing. Mm, got it. And then uh, we will talk to our listening audience. So with me and Vi both being month. gone, are you are you guys are you guys going to screw this up, or is the city well, still going to be okay? <laughs> Julie's going to run the meeting tomorrow night. Mm. Um, she, I, I can't, joked with her this morning. She keeps getting the short stick on the meetings that she gets to run. She's run two meetings so far this term, and they've both been zoning meetings. I think there's no coinky dink there. <laughs> that is not the one you want to run as the mayor pro tem yes. or even as the mayor. Uh. Well, good. Pleasure doing business with you, Larkin. All right. Sorry for the uh sorry for the two week delay, but uh thanks for listening. Make sure you like, share, tell your friends, and we will talk to you guys next week. Uh-huh.